As expected, the Heat stood pat at the NBA trade deadline, either unable or unwilling to find a player that might significantly improve their chances at a title this season. But with a flurry of moves around the Eastern Conference, was that the right decision? We break down what trades took place and if Miami is taking a big risk by not getting anything done at the NBA trade deadline on a special live episode of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg, editor at allyoucaneat.com. Joining me as always, it's longtime NBA reporter David Rumel. However you're tuning in, YouTube, Odyssey, your favorite podcast app, or if you're joining us live after the trade deadline, thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day well it is 3 8 p.m eastern time david right after the 3 p.m trade deadline the miami heat a quiet day for them does not appear that they have made a move we talked about so many different options going into today but you and i i don't think we if we had to bet on it i don't think we would have bet on a move being made uh but but your your takeaway from miami not making a move today I can see why some fans are a little disappointed, but I think it was also you have to temper those expectations and be a little more realistic. You weren't going to get a significant upgrade over Tyler. You weren't going to get a significant upgrade over Caleb Martin. And anything else would have been acquiring a small role player that probably wouldn't have garnered a significant amount of playing time in Eric Spolster's rotation. And so if you look at it from that perspective, What's the point? Like they could have made a move that would have been either viewed as a lateral move at best or maybe even a downgrade at worst. And that's much more realistic, that letter option. So to me, I w- I'm not surprised by it. I think their team has as good a chance of any. And I've said this before and I'll say this again. I've said this for years now. This team is only measured by what they accomplish in the postseason. And yes, the road there is going to be ugly. It's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be fun. But they can get to the postseason and they can make noise. Despite what moves Milwaukee made, despite whatever the Knicks and the and the, the Celtics have done, Miami is still a dangerous team in the Eastern Conference. They might not be good enough to win a title, but at the very least, they are good enough to advance deep into the playoffs. They might not make it, and I think that's also a realistic possibility. But you have to take that into consideration, is that you can't just trade away Tyler's $25 billion salary and expect to get a superstar. That's not going to happen. And I think Miami probably was prudent, maybe a little too safe for my liking, but they were also prudent and saying, you know what, when you're during the off season, depending on what this team can do in the, in the postseason, that's when we'll reassess and major moves will be made during the summer. I know that's not something that heat fans want to hear. No, no, it's fine, but, but you're right. You're right. Office. Yeah. You're right. No major moves that that stuff was always due for the summer. And by the way, let's not pretend that the heat have not made a major move Already, they traded Kyle Lowry in a first-round pick for Terry Rozier. That qualifies on this season, based on this trade deadline, that qualifies as a major in-season trade, right? It is the biggest in-season trade the Heat have made since, basically, I would say the Goran Dragic trade. If you want to argue the Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder kind of super multiplayer deal, maybe that one is in there, too. Obviously, that one helped them get to the finals. But in terms of just a singular player, the Heat have not traded for a player like Rozier in quite a long time in the middle of a season. So they already made their major move. I do understand the want for maybe some minor moves on the fringes. You look at what the Celtics did, getting a guy like Xavier Tillman for a couple of second-round picks, and you do wonder why Miami couldn't do something like that. Now, what 
the reason is because Miami basically has one and a half second round picks that they can trade. They have an unprotected 2026 pick coming over from the Lakers via Cleveland that they have. That's really their only pick that doesn't come with protections. They have a couple of other ones that are conditional. They have one conditional pick. I think the 2024 second round pick is conditional uh, protected or it only conveys if it falls between 31 and 50 something, 55. Chances are that that one would convey, but it's still conditional. So it's they're, they're, there's weird picks. They don't really have, and that's sort of my point here, they don't have all the stuff that these other teams have to trade to make those minor moves. It's kind of big swing or bust for Miami when you consider the assets that they have. They're not willing to trade those assets for lesser assets because they don't want to take a downgrade, right? They're not going to trade, for instance, Caleb Martin for a bundle of second-round picks that they can use later on this year, next year, or the year after that. They're not interested in downgrading the roster right now because they're most interested in trying to maximize this championship window and probably this one last year. So they're kind of going all in for this season. And then, like you said, they'll reevaluate in the summer. I, I don't know that you can evaluate the trade deadline based on, well, you couldn't get anybody that was going to factor into the rotation. I, I, I push back on that logic a little bit. I think there's something to be said about going and getting a guy who might not be in your night to night rotation, but could be useful off the bench when you have basically already decided that Thomas Bryant ain't it. If you're the Miami heat, I, you could, You've signaled that as much. He's out of the rotation, has been out of the rotation from basically the second week of the season. He hasn't played a whole lot regularly. Um, Josh Richardson is fine as as sort of this replacement pseudo ball handler, but I think with Drew yeah. Smith being hurt for the rest of the season, they could have went out and used sort of a break glass in case of emergency point guard. They didn't know, they didn't go out and make those some big landmark point. They already got it. They got Rozier, but I think they could have used depth there. Depending on what happens with Haywood Highsmith, and the car accident that he was involved in and all the any sort of legal ramifications that may come out of that or not. There was no police report uh, filed on that yet. We don't really know what the what the outcome of all of this is going to be or what the consequences might be. But maybe they could have used another forward. Now, I do want to get to some buyout options. That remains sure. an, uh, an option, and I think an important one for Miami. And I would actually be – well, we'll get to the buyout stuff later on. I think it's an important thing for us to cover. But, you know – there's a difference when you're looking at the Eastern Conference and you see Milwaukee, Boston, Philadelphia, New York. I mean, New York's making major moves, but all these other, like, hey, they're gearing up, man. They're just like, hey, Xavier Tillman, just in case. And the Heat don't really have any just in case guys unless they just, yeah. maybe they just, maybe it's just that they trust their own guys. Uh, that's exactly what it is. They put such a heavy premium on players that they've seen put in the work in-house. Not what we've heard not even what we've seen around the league or anything like that. You come in here and you do the work, you'll earn a spot in their rotation. If you had said at the beginning of the season, you can have either Thomas Bryant as your center or Xavier Tillman, who's kind of undersized and not. I would have picked Xavier Tillman. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But I don't think it would have been. Now we're seeing Boston acquire Xavier Tillman and there's all this, oh, why didn't the Heat, you know, throw in a couple of second rounders or, or trade Nico Jovic for Xavier Tillman? And it's like, I. You know, I think the nobody, nobody of the right mind is saying they should have traded Jovic for Tillman. You'd but be surprised, but I, I said think that's right what mind. Yeah, I, I said right mind. The trade deadline makes craziness out of all of this, you know? No, and but, to I your, think, but to your point, David, like Boston has a bunch of second round picks that they could just throw out of Xavier Tillman. If Miami were to use their two second round picks, and again, it's sort of like one and a half second round picks, that's okay. Now you have no second round picks. You went all in, quote unquote, on Xavier Tillman. And so that's Miami's mindset is if we're going to make a trade, it's going to be a big swing. 
And right. we don't really think that there's a big difference between your role players and our role players who we could develop in-house for free. And yes. honestly, I'm fine with that mentality. I'm not sitting here. It's worked. I, it, it's worked. They find the role players who fit their scheme. What does Miami always tell you? You talk to Eric Spolster, you talk to the front office people, you talk to even play, some of the players in the locker room. We have a specific kind of player who works here. And, and we find and we develop them and we turn them into role players. And it's very sort of like Daryl Morey-esque also, where Daryl Morey is like, hey, if it's not a superstar, I'm really not all that interested in trading a bunch of stuff for him. He thinks role players are, are replaceable. And I and I think the Heats, they, they're like, it's not so much saying role players are replaceable, but it's we can make our own. We have the role players at home. We can kind of fashion these guys from nothing into something. We don't need right. to go out and spend assets on other role players. And so I think that's fine. Let's talk about Caleb Martin really quick. Uh, I think he was sort of the big one uh, that if they were going to move sort of a major piece, that might have been the piece to move right. $6.8 million this year. Player option for 7.1 next year. Expected to opt out of that contract. He might be, and, and because of that, more than likely going to have to walk away in free agency to find that long-term lucrative deal that he wants. Uh, you and I talked a lot about Caleb Martin and what it would take to pry him away from Miami. Ultimately, the Heat decided, hey, this is our starting power forward now. We're going to keep this guy. Uh, there were other teams, contenders. I know the Sacramento Kings. Yep. You and I have talked a lot about Sacramento. Then it got more widely reported uh, today and yesterday that the Kings were interested in Caleb Martin, kind of backing up what you and I have been saying for a couple of weeks now on here. Ultimately, that didn't happen. Uh, your thoughts on Caleb Martin staying put? I'm happy with it. You know, I yeah, same. My expectations are that he'll find a way to contribute just as he did. He's been rounding into form. He was injured mm. for most of the start of the season. He's looked so much better of late. And he's going to provide a spark. Is it going to be an ultimate ceiling raiser? Probably not. But it helps Miami maintain the status quo, which has been higher than anybody else's in the Eastern Conference for the last four years. And that's the reality is that you're not looking to look Caleb to be a 20 point per game score during the regular season. Cause you don't give a damn about the 82 game regular season. It's what happens in April when you're going against the bucks or the Celtics or the Sixers or whomever you might face there. It's those opportunities that Caleb has found a way to shine during that makes him a special player. And again, it kind of reinforces the same thing. We know what we're getting in Caleb Martin. This is from mm. the front office's perspective. Yeah. We've worked him. We've developed him. He's provided that spark. We know when he's not playing proven. well, it's because, yeah, it's because of injury or something else. He's yeah. proven. He's our guy. He, he, you know, we're not for everybody, but he is for us, and that's why we want it. Unless you're going to trade somehow a $6.8 million player in Caleb Martin for a star-level player that's going to raise your ceiling, there's no need to make that move because you're just going to get it. It's going to be a lateral move or a downgrade, mm -hmm. more than likely a downgrade. Like who in the $6.8 right. million raise, uh, range – is going to help Miami's chances of winning the next, you know, 20 out of 30 games. I don't Nobody that, that player on the market. more than Caleb. Nobody that got traded today. Right. And right. and so yeah, that was sort of the calculus Miami was, Miami had to make. It's even if we take a downgrade is it worth it to us to take that downgrade now for a player who might be under contract longer, it could be a part of our rotation next year. Ultimately, the Heat have decided we like Caleb Martin. We want to keep Caleb Martin. And if he walks away, no problem. So Look, they lost Max Struess and gave Vincent yeah, for nothing. Vincent, yeah. That wasn't an L because that was your starting backcourt for a finals run. That's a W. That's a W, buddy. And so if Caleb Martin is a major player for you in a playoff push, or if you think he can be, then he has more value to you now, even if he does walk away for nothing. I think fans kind of think too much. And even, I'm not, I don't even mean blame fans. I think NBA media, like dorky yes. salary cap, NBA Twitter, <laughs> they're like, oh, yeah. why would you like let him go away for nothing? I don't know because he's good right now and we still have some games right. to play. That's why. Right.
And that's, the, the and that's ledger, what Miami came down to. They're looking at it from a ledger perspective. It has to balance on both sides. You want to end up in the black as opposed to the red. And that's how they see these transactions. Yeah. But if there's not, that's not how it is. It's not in a vacuum in a financial sense. It's an it's a, a actual personnel level of play right now. And I'm trying to win games right now. He helps yeah. us win games right now. Exactly. And nothing that yeah. we could trade him for is going to help us win games as much as Caleb Martin. Happy that he's sticking around. Uh, the Heat have won four of the last five games. Caleb Martin has been a big part of that. Um, but let's turn our attention to the rest of the Eastern Conference. Some big winners in the Eastern Conference. How does it restack things in the East? What does it mean for the Miami Heat going forward uh, for the rest of the season and in their playoff push? We'll talk about that next year on Locked on Heat. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners over at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long, whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire. Every week, we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Here's five players he's got listed. Ayodosunmo, Jared Vanderbilt. Well, that was probably before the injury. Josh Hart, Paul Reed, and Aaron Neesmith. Look, the Pacers made a trade. I'm leaning Neesmith here. I think he's been good. Hart was my candidate last week. But now with the acquisitions the Knicks have made today, I see his minutes getting cut. Again, DeSunmo has an opportunity mm. since the Chicago Bulls have stayed pat. Vanderbilt hurt. Paul Reed going to continue to get minutes and playing in the place of Joel and Beef. I think he's ultimately limited as a player. I'm kind of leaning Neesmith as your best, most productive option out of these five. Do you like any other player? Other no, than I like. I like no, I like Newsmith. He's shown some uh, ball skills, some playmaking skills recently too. Yep. Um, and with Buddy Heald leaving and them getting just role players back, uh, there's just going to be a lot of minutes on the perimeter in Indiana. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but either way, if you're listening to Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball, you know he's going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is all about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. I've said it before. Your vehicle is so important. You're living in Miami if you're listening to this show, and, and you know how much you wind up spending time in your car. There's never a moment in the day where there isn't traffic out there. So you might as well enjoy your time while you're in your car and make some upgrades while you're at it because you can find all the parts you're looking for over at eBay Motors. Makes the ride much more comfortable, much more pleasurable to be in. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your car stays running smoothly with brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your car needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber and not cash. So keep your ride or die alive over at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only and exclusions do apply. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for everybody who's tuning in with us minutes after the trade deadline live here on YouTube. Uh, make sure you like like the show, like this video. If you're watching live on YouTube, leave us a comment what you think the Heat should have done on the deadline, whether or not you think it was good to do nothing at the deadline and stand pat. But we're going to turn our attention to some other teams that did make some moves at the deadline. David, I want to start with the New York Knicks. Oh, yes. Miami's foe in the playoffs last year in the second round. This season, I'm going to go broader now, not just from today. This season, the New York Knicks have acquired OG Ananobi, Boyan Bogdanovich, and Alec mm. Burks. And they acquired those three players without trading a single future first-round pick. Unbelievable. Now, they did have to part with some good young players that they liked, R.J. Barrett, Quentin Grimes, etc. But they were some second-round picks. 
But I don't think there's any doubt that they upgraded the roster in the short term. And they remained a player for some big fish this summer because they still have their first round picks. All these players that they traded for are under contract for next year. So they can always flip them in another move over the summer if that star becomes available. And I think if you're the Miami Heat, if you're if that like what the Knicks just did is the way to to toe the line. It's the way to do both. Let's keep whatever picks we have. We're going to move some of our good young pieces away. We're going to get better in the short term, and we're going to still remain players for whatever star player wants to get traded here in the summer if some uh, if some star says, "Hey, I want to go play in New York City." So, I think the Knicks are the big winners of the trade deadline. I don't think that there's much debate about it. No. Uh... I don't know, and I don't think anybody does. I mean, you can look at it again from the perspective of they upgraded uh, in terms of talent, but you know, it's all about what happens on the floor. Uh, they seem on they've paper been awesome be since able. they traded for Ananobi. Yeah, they've been good so far. I, I, I look, I, I think a lot of that is Brunson taking a leap too. Uh, he yeah. might be a better player this year than he was last year. Yeah, Ananobi's been hurt, but he's still been winning. Uh, you know, they, they're out Mitchell Robinson, but Isaiah Hartenstein winds up playing big minutes, and he's been great. You know, they, they just have been finding a way to win. And there's some good vibes. It's also, you know, the Knicks and Knicks fans in general, you know, anything could happen in New York and they would make it a huge deal. Like if they had, if they acquired Caleb Martin, they would be talking about, you know, it's, it's a title window for them. So it just kind of puts things in perspective. Miami fans, and I've seen the comment here as we're recording this live, you know, they, they tend to be a little spoiled. Uh, because of the success that they've had on the floor. So that's ultimately what I'm still waiting for. It's like, I like the moves the Knicks have made, for sure, but I, I still I would ride with the Heat in, in a seven-game series. I would pick Miami over the Knicks pretty comfortably, I think. Uh, I, I think they would be a challenge, no doubt, but I also think that Miami has proven that they're capable of winning. They find ways to win. And, and so they did last whoever... year. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to argue against, I'm not here to argue against the Miami Heat's chances against the Knicks. And I guess it's an interesting way to frame all of this, but the Knicks lost to the Heat in the playoffs last year, and they have made moves since then to address That's what you expect a losing team to do though. Right. I mean, oh, for all sure. the teams, Jalen Brunson's developed a pull up three point shooter that is knocked down deadly. That just didn't exist in his game. That was not in his portfolio. That was not in his bag last year. OG Ananobi is a guy who can guard Jimmy Butler. And that's not an on-paper thing. He can guard Jimmy Butler. He can make it hard for Jimmy Butler. Isaiah Hartenstein has taken a leap. He might be better than Mitchell Robinson at this point. It'll be interesting to see what they do at that center spot when Mitchell Robinson is healthy. Julius Randle also has to come back and get healthy also for them. Sure. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich is just a good player. He could space the floor. He's a good three-point shooter. That guy's proven, man. That guy, he's not going to average 20 points per game like, like he was on a bad Detroit team. But ain't nobody leaving him open. I know that. Nobody's leaving him open. He could do stuff with the ball in his hands. He can even run some offense. You can run some offense through him when Jalen Brunson is on the bench, which is sort of their their one Achilles heel offensively is when Jalen Brunson is on the bench, what do you really do there um, in terms of perimeter play? So, look, I like the moves for the Knicks. I think if if you're the Heat, I'm not, I'm not saying I would pick them over the Heat, but we're talking about a playoff series that is going to be played in New York. That's a home. New York's probably going to have home court advantage if the standings shake out the way that we, we think they are. Based on, you know, the Knicks have been winning a lot of games. They are stacking wins right now. That's not going to be easy, right, to your point earlier. And that's the whole point. Like, we could sit here and say we don't know anything until the playoffs, but, like, that doesn't that doesn't make us much of analysts. Like, we no, got to have to look at what's in front of us and and, and, and just, project from there. I you know. I, I've been not soured. I've been conditioned after years of following and covering the team. Like, my, my perspective is 
this team does not care about those kinds of things. They don't care about the draft. They don't care about the 82 game regular season. They don't care about home. I court disagree advantage. that they don't care about the regular season. I, I really push back on that. Okay, maybe that they don't care. They're not going to put as much emphasis on that and compared to in a, on a weighted scale in comparison to what happens during the postseason because last no, year they prioritize run. the playoffs for sure. I get that. Yeah. I'm with. Okay. We're, we're there together. But the regular season is about like seeing what you can do and yeah. winning games and making the playoffs and making your playoff run just a little bit easier with home court advantage. Like we act like this team doesn't care about the playoffs. They were the number one seed a couple of years ago. Like, yeah, they care about that. They do care about the regular season. We always act like they just back into the playoffs. They were the number one seed two years ago, and we just forget that. Like, like I, conveniently, I don't understand that. This team cares about the regular season. They don't want to be bad in the regular season. They want to go out there and win games. But I, I look, I, I just, I what the Knicks did. You know, hats off to them. Um, we'll see how it meshes. Uh, some of those players are improving, like Bogdanovich. I, I mean, I, when's the last time he was even in the playoffs? It seems like that's Utah, been a while. A few years like, ago. Utah, yeah, yeah, a few years ago with Donovan Mitchell. Would you say that they're the biggest winner, or would you give it to somebody else? I, you know, I, I kind of like the Buddy Heald move to Philadelphia. I don't think they mm. wind up giving much, but I guess it all depends on Joel Embiid's uh, health and availability sure. down the stretch. But I, I think the fact that they went all in and acquired a, a star, not a star, maybe a really good complementary player Proven shooter. Yeah, proven yeah. shooter and healed. I think he's up there. But I, I'd say he only the gave up. Uh, I'm sorry, but I just to, to clarify for listeners in case they weren't following along all day today, like you and I were just staring at our computer screens. They uh, the Sixers traded Furkan Korkmaz, who do you remember he demanded a trade, David? Oh, yeah, is yeah, he the right. big winner of the trade deadline? Finally, <laughs> Korkmaz finally <laughs> yeah. got his way. James Harden yeah. first and then Korkmaz. Congrats to the Philadelphia 76ers guards who demanded trades and then got traded midseason. Um, <laughs> Forgot Korkmaz, Marcus Morris, and I think like two or three second round picks is what Philadelphia traded for Buddy Heald. Morris gets rerouted to San Antonio. San Antonio sends Doug McDermott back to Indiana, which was a nice little ad. McDermott has definitely played for Indiana, right? That was yes, he, he played for Indianapolis for okay. Yeah. Because he definitely Pacers looks like growing up. Indiana. Yeah, no. Yeah. yeah, he's a Pacers guy. He's a Pacers guy. But I mean, that's a good that's a good move for the Pacers, too, who are again a very fun, plucky team. Like you're not going to yeah. replace what Heald brings to the table, but the fact is that you're getting some very good, you know, spot shooting too. And, and McDermott's a fine player. Yeah. Like he was kind of you know, struggling too. in San Antonio because, you know, it's the Spurs and they're rebuilding. But on a on a Pacers team alongside Tyrese Halliburton, I think that's a really good acquisition for them. So And the I like, thing was I mean, weird for the Pacers. He had recently lost his starting job to Nemhard. Uh, it always seemed like a weird fit between him and Halliburton. Like it, on paper, it should have worked. But like in reality, it never really clicked the way I think that they wanted it to. And so um, if you're the Sixers, you get the best three-point shooter you've had since basically J.J. Redick, right, around Joel Embiid. And I, I love Heald to Philadelphia. I, I think it's a slam dunk move for them. I'm glad you shouted it out. If I'm if I'm Philadelphia, look, the latest report on Embiid is he's going to be reevaluated in four weeks. If you think Embiid right. could be 80% of what he was during this regular season when he was having arguably the greatest regular season ever from a scoring mm -hmm. perspective – if you think he could be 80% of that, that's still all NBA level score anchoring your offense and 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 perhaps and he's still seven feet tall and he's gonna anchor your defense. Tyrese Maxey taking the leap that you did. Go add guys that can help you not just for a potential playoff series, but to keep keep you winning games in a in a pretty competitive Eastern conference in the regular season. Buddy Heald will help them even when Joel Embiid is out, right? He's a good player, right. he's gonna help them. He's certainly better than Furkan Korkmaz and Marcus Morris. So yeah, that's, that's helpful. Um so yeah, they got better. Weird. Let's do this really quick before we get into some buyout options. 
Okay. Weird swap between Philly and Milwaukee mm. trading. <laughs> yeah, Milwaukee trading Cameron Payne and a second round pick to Philadelphia. Philadelphia sending Pat Bev back. These are two teams right there at the top of the Eastern Conference, just within a couple of games of each other in the standings. Rivals, teams that think that they could win the Eastern Conference, and are like, hey, we'll swap your point guard for our point guard. I don't know that I've ever seen anything quite like that. No, not since probably not since the league was like eight teams, you know, back in the fifties <laughs> and sixties. I don't, I, I mean, you were limited in terms of what your trade partners were be, but yeah, uh, a very lateral move, but at the same time, like you know, I, like why? It's like, do you not like Pat Beverly in your if you're Philadelphia? I, I mean, I think he was well appreciated in the locker room and everything else like that. It just doesn't seem like it makes much sense. And then you're sending Pat Beverly over to Milwaukee, and he's had problems with Dave Lillard. Lillard mentioned even just now, like, you know, he liked campaign. He had forged a friendship with him, but he'll make mm -hmm. it work with Pat Beverly. I don't know. It's an interesting move, if nothing else, but it's very, it's very, very bizarre. I don't know how impactful, yeah. but very yeah. interesting from just like <laughs> right. a, a drama soap opera kind of standpoint. <laughs> I guess I, from an X's and O's standpoint, I understand it from Milwaukee's point of view. It's like, hey, we already have enough offensive leaning guards between Damian Lillard and Malik Beasley. Let's just turn campaign, who's also an offensive leaning guard, into a defensive leaning guard and Patrick Beverly. On paper, you could play Beverly and Damian Lillard together in the backcourt. I think Patrick Beverly has been overrated defensively for a while now, but at least he tries really hard on that end, and that's, there's something to be said. And he's certainly better defensively than Campaign is. So there's that. It's not like Campaign was getting a bunch of shots up. For Philly, I guess Campaign is somebody who can... Yeah, I, I hesitate to say Tyrese. run your offense with Tyrese Maxey's on off the floor, but like I don't know that yeah. I want Campaign running playoff offense, but in the regular season... I don't know. He's a guy that can sort of break off for 12 points on any given night and, and kind of <laughs> and help your bench, right? Help lift your sure. bench totals and stuff like that. So, yeah, very and eh, very strange. Very strange. Anything else in the East before we move on to some buyout options? Charlotte did some good things, I think. You know, they traded Gordon Hayward. They acquired uh, Grant Williams in exchange for P.J. Washington. Got um, some draft picks out of all of that. Yeah. Yes, yeah, Seth Curry. Too. Very much rebuilding around yeah. Brandon Miller, LaMelo Ball, and Mark Williams. Happy for Gordon Hayward. He didn't deserve to play in Charlotte anymore. I know he signed the big contract there and everything like that, but he didn't. He needed to. He needed to get out. Now he's he's a good player still, like when he's available. And I like I like him in Oklahoma City. Go play for a winning team. You deserve it. Gordon Hayward was still playing good ball when he was on the court for Charlotte, and and it just seems miserable right now in Charlotte. Losing DNA, right? According to Terry yeah. Ozier. Yeah, yeah. No, Gordon absolutely. Hayward doesn't have losing DNA. That's a good player. Um, yeah. happy for him. He's me. He, he's also the big winner. Him and Furkan Korkmaz. Congrats to you guys. Um, all right, some other big winners could include some of those that are getting bought out from their current teams and could be available to sign with some playoff contenders. We'll talk about which buyout candidates make sense for the Miami Heat after this. You should mention now that even as we're recording this, Victor Oladipo has been waived by the Memphis Grizzlies. Is he a buyout option for Miami? We'll talk about that in the next segment. But this show is brought to you by our good friends over at Nissan Motors. If you're the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further, and if you've been wondering what adventure could be around the next corner, well, our friends over at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to that next level. Let me tell you about the Rogue. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and for great escapes. I've got one. I love it. Gets me around the city. Got some nice kick to it. It's got a lot of features. It's a really cool car. I see a lot of Rogues out there. And I think it's for a good reason because they're just, they're a really good, solid car. 
I didn't want anything too big when it comes to the SUV. I wanted a nice midsize SUV, and the Rogue was perfect for me and my family. We're really enjoying it. It's got so many features. You can connect to your phone. It's got Google Assistant, Google Maps, Google Play Store, and you can uh, it built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect midsize crossover for your next adventure, but you can also choose from the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder or the Nissan Armada, both of them. Great cars, different, uh, you know, different traits that you might be looking for in an SUV, but whatever you might be looking for, Nissan's got you covered. Go take the, the Nissan Rogue, Pathfinder, or Armada and go find your next, next big adventure. Go shop over at NissanUSA.com. Thanks for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you are subscribed on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. Thanks to everybody leaving comments and questions, watching us live here on YouTube minutes after the NBA trade deadline concluded. Uh, leave those questions in there. Keep listening. Uh, keep li leaving them in the comments section. Can, we'll try to get to some. Can, can I just shout them out real quick? Because, I mean, the 600 people on a Thursday afternoon after Miami hasn't made any kind of significant upgrades. Like we had 1,000 people after the Terry Rozier trade when we went live to talk about that. But even when no moves are done, Best fans in the business, even if it's just to complain and grumble about Sleepy Pat and front office not making any moves. You got to love an involved fan base that just wants to go in there and either complain or just love their team. Either yeah. way, we love the support. Well, I always said this about Heat fans. They're very dedicated to the team and it getting better. And I think ever since the big three, when we mm -hmm. started learning about the salary cap and LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh taking less money to – facilitate re-signing Udonis Haslam and stuff. We got really accustomed to learning the salary cap in Miami as Heat yeah. fans. We got we got to know about all the protections on picks and sign-in trades and all that stuff. Like, we, we got smart about basketball in a way we didn't have to get smart about basketball in the past. And so I really enjoy talking about this kind of stuff with Heat yep. fans. So, again, to your point, thank you to everybody who's tuning in. We still have a lot to talk about here. Just because the trade deadline is over does not mean the Miami Heat are done making moves. Let's not forget last month they did trade for Terry Rozier. That counts as something that happened before the deadline, even though it did not happen on deadline day. So they were still one of the most aggressive teams in the league prior to the trade deadline. And yep. I think they will remain one of the most aggressive teams in the league after the trade deadline when it comes to the buyout. The quiet thing that happened in that Rozier trade is that Miami took less money back. They sent Kyle Lowry's $29 million out, almost $30 million yep. out. They bring $22 million back in. That got them under the, that first luxury tax apron to a point now where they have that $5 million taxpayer mid-level exception. They did not have that available when Kyle Lowry was on the roster. They have it now. They also, by saving some money in that trade, can use that $5 million taxpayer mid-level exception. They can use the full allotment of it and still stay under the second luxury tax. So they're not going to be at risk of doing that. So, and, and because they never filled the 15th roster spot, they have a roster spot available. So the there Miami now becomes a option. They, they, they become a landing spot and a player on the buyout market in a major way. The one restriction that they do have because yeah. of their relationship to the luxury tax right now and where they are against it, they can't sign a player who was making a, a salary this season of $12.4 million or more. So for instance, right. that takes Joe Harris off the table. Not that I think anybody wanted Joe Harris, but he was making $19 million this year. He's not eligible to sign. Spencer Dinwiddie, who's going to be bought out by Toronto, he's making $20 million this year. The Heat are not allowed to sign him. 
he's making more than that $12.4 million. So when you're kind of going through and thinking about your own buyout options, you have to see first, okay, was their salary this season at $12.4 million or less? If the answer is yes, then the Heat are eligible at least to sign that player. So I've got a list of players here, but before we get to that group and which player I think might be the best fit for Miami, and again, I think they are going to seriously consider some of these names. Let's talk yep. about Kyle Lowry, who it's been reported by Mark Stein. Uh, looks like he's on his way to Philadelphia, which kind of makes yeah, that Patrick Beverly sense. thing make a little bit more sense because I don't know that you could have Patrick Beverly and Kyle Lowry on the same team. I think you that's got Maxi Lowry and campaign. I don't, I don't know. I yeah, mean, I mean, I, you bring Lowry in for sort of your sort of quote unquote defensive leaning guard, I guess, and you bring him home, have a nice vet in the locker room. I think that's helpful just for the presence. I, I'm not looking forward to him drawing a charge against Jimmy Butler. Nope. I'll tell you that much. That's that's, that's, that's going to be a little bit. drama filled. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Victor Oladipo is going to be bought out or released from Memphis. He He already was. Uh, I don't see any sort of reunion happening there. Not this year. He's just not healthy. He's not available. He's not playing, or else he would be on a roster right now. He's got to take the time to recover. Uh, I I guess he could be one of those players that they add towards the end of the season. Uh, I, I can't recall exactly what the deadline is that you can add a player as a free agent. And yeah, they usually do that with like contribute. younger players though, who yes, you can that, get at like exactly. those really small contracts, those like really yep. small, like first year veteran minimums. Um, yeah, so I, I don't, I, I think the Heat have a ton of respect for Victor Oladipo. I think that much Absolutely. is real, but I, I don't know that they have a whole lot of interest in kind of going through that with him again until, or if he ever proves to be healthy for a sustained amount of time. I just don't know that they are interested in kind of circling that wagon again, but uh, that's Lowry and Victor Oladipo. Let's get to some of the other names here. That I've got listed. Uh, do you want me to just go through all of them, or do you want me to just tell you my favorites? Well, can I tell you one name that I don't even think you have on your list because I totally forgot he was a free agent at this point in time. I, I'm curious if you have him on your list. Bismack Biombo. I didn't have him on my list, but okay. talk to me about Bismack Biombo. He's a free agent. He trains in Miami. I think he's a big. I, I think he's look. I, I covered him in Orlando, and you know he's just, he's a great locker room guy. Really smart. Uh, always hardworking just fits like what you would think of uh, Miami culture and what they're looking for. A veteran who can go in there and he knows his role immediately. He's not going to grumble about playing time. He's not going to complain about anything. He played for the Memphis Grizzlies this year where they were going through their injury issues. And he was good. Like he was actually productive in those uh, limited opportunities. And that was a, a Grizzlies team that was, you know, without a handful of players at any given moment. And they wound up cutting him because, well, you know, they're, they're not going to do anything this season. There's no reason to even have him on the roster when you can continue to develop their young players, et cetera. So they cut him. And he's just a guy who he doesn't really add much. But if you're looking for a big, I mean, he's a big. And I, I think he's a, a good, solid player, again, who kind of fits what the Heat are typical of in terms of he'll play defense, he'll block shots, he'll pull down rebounds, he'll body up, he'll foul. You know, he'll get the occasional basket down low. That's basically all you're looking for. If you're looking for a more finesse player, you've already got him on the roster and Thomas Bryant. And unfortunately, he's not getting any playing time. So it's kind of pick your poison. And I don't know which way Miami would lean, but Biombo is a name that I could see Miami having some interest in. Again, just because of the local connection. He played for Charlotte. You know, I could understand maybe a sense of familiarity with a guy like that, too. Maybe it would have made sense with Lowry on the roster, considering they played together in Toronto. But without Lowry, I still think they would maybe consider adding a guy like Biombo. He makes an impact everywhere he's been these last couple of years. <laughs> like you said, the locker room, like every teammate that talks about Bismarck Biombo loves that guy. Um, he could be like what you like in terms of a locker room addition from a personality standpoint could be very similar to what Kevin Love brought the, or, the locker room 
last yep. year. Just a guy yep. who's well liked in every every room he walks into. Um, I think if you signed somebody like Biombo, and I do have a few other centers on my list here, it would be an admission that Thomas Bryant isn't the answer there, and that Orlando Robinson isn't ready. Even though yeah. I still think the team is pretty high on what Orlando Robinson can turn into, but yep. um, it's an it's an interesting one. I wouldn't be against it. You would also be carrying then four centers on your roster between Bam, Thomas Bryant, Orlando Robinson, because it doesn't make sense to waive those guys unless you really just, you're not saving any money really, yeah, unless you negotiate buyouts with them. And I just don't yeah. see that happening. Thomas Bryant has a player option for next year. Orlando Robinson is under contract, even though it's partially guaranteed for next year. So I don't see them negotiating buyouts and I don't see you waving them and eating all that money for this season and next season. So you'd be basically carrying four centers on a roster that essentially just uses one. Yeah. It's just Bam and Kevin Love. Those are your two bigs that you use in your rotation. So, unless, but again, I guess you can look at the other way and say, well, if we got Bismarck Biombo, maybe we would use another big man because we just don't yeah. trust Thomas Bryan or Orlando Robinson at this point. The other one I had was Robin Lopez. I love Rolo. I know you love do. Rolo. Uh, I mean, he's. I actually thought that that's who you were going to say. Yeah. No, no. I mean, I, I would think that he's on your list. I just, I mean, yeah. he's. I, I don't know how, you know, at this point in time. He's just he, you bring him in basically for what we just said with Bisbeck. You know, he's a guy. He's gonna have his moments there. You're not really is that un, unstoppable hook shot of his. The fun times watching him beat up Bernie regularly, all of that would be great. Uh, again, great locker room guy, and maybe he can give you a little intel in a matchup against the Bucks if you meet them in the playoffs. So I could see that as a, a possibility, but um, yeah, I don't know. He like, just hasn't he, played much the, lately. He's I hate to use the word. He's washed. Yeah. He's he's a good locker room presence. He was on a team with his brother all year long. I don't know that he's he's a big body, but he's not really doing a whole lot out there. They've already got one useless brother in Milwaukee. They don't need two, I guess. That's basically it. Jeez. Shots. Fun. Shout out the Nassus. There you go. Sorry. <laughs> um, here's the name the two names that I really like. And then we're gonna go to some listener questions. We'll do sort of a fake rap roll credits and then get to some listener questions on the other side of it. So everybody who's watching uh live, stay tuned for that. Uh, if you're not watching live, you're listening uh, after the fact. That's going to be put up as a bonus episode. Um, the two names that I really like, and I'll let you kind of pick whichever one you like more, and then we'll talk about that player. Killian right. Hayes, who got bought out from Detroit, waived from yep. Detroit, and Daniel House Jr., who got waived from whatever team he ended up getting traded to. Now he's a free agent. So Daniel House, kind of a utility forward, one of those uh, mm. uh, um master of none jack of nothing kind of guys just sort of a big body who offers a presence defensively can very streaky as a three-point shooter gone from 37 percent to 33 percent to 30 percent this year from three-point range but uh shams is is reporting that uh, multiple suitors are going to be coming after him uh, playoff contenders are going to be coming after him makes sense as sort of a bit player off of a contending bench not somebody yeah. that you're going to rely on on a night-to-night -night basis but there in case of emergency and then Killian Hayes, uh, former seventh overall pick in the 2020 draft, started the year starting as the point guard for the Detroit Pistons. Since has come out of the uh, out of that starting lineup, but still sort of a rotation player for them. Uh, plays point guard. I don't know those two. What do you like? Of those two, um, I don't think House is a good fit. Um, I, I mean, I, they've got enough in terms of their wing position right now. I don't think they're looking to really upgrade that. They're, they're looking for either size or complementary guard help, to your point. Uh, I think Hayes is a good option, but I also think he would be somebody they'd look at as a long-term prospect more than anything else and a mm. chance to kind of develop him 
that would seem more along what we were just talking about earlier. A guy that they'd sign later in the season and be like, look, we're going to take him, add him to a roster a la Kendrick Nunn, right? A guy who kind of mm-hmm. has a taste for the NBA and, and obviously has a skill set there, but we need to see whether or not he could be a heat culture kind of guy. And so for Hayes, I could see the fit because, again, you know what Miami does. They get the most out of you. You have to buy in here in order for you to thrive at this level. So that could be an option for him. I could see him having interest. Right. I don't know how mutual it would be. I just don't know that house again. If if he's not going to add anything of significant value because he doesn't have an elite skill in any area, I'm not sure what the point of him being there. He's, he's a body. He's a, he's a body and athlete. I mean, you've yeah. got enough of those on the roster. That it would be. Exactly. It would be the, if there was something there with the Haywood Highsmith situation. If you're looking to address that position, that would be maybe the only reason I would see them going in that direction. Otherwise, yeah, that's I'm a concern you. for you. I, I'm a little surprised. I'm not. I, just, I think there's a lot of question marks. That's all. And the organization hasn't said a whole lot about it. And we don't really know what this is going to be. And they so. never will. And they never, they never will. will. Um, Haywood, who we don't even know. What, we don't even know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. We've never seen a Haywood here. Like, um, no, I think. Uh, I like I like the Killian Hayes idea because it's a it's a no risk proposition. He's a a guy who has gotten reps this year. He's gotten reps this year. Um, okay, fine, whatever. He's gotten reps this year on an NBA team. He's played meaningful minutes on an NBA team. You don't need him to be your starting point guard. You don't need him to be your backup point guard. He could just yeah. play if Terry Rozier has to miss a game. He could play some minutes off the bench. He could play some minutes off the bench if Josh Richardson has to miss a game. And at least he's played this year. He's got the reps. He's warm, in other words. And he's only 22 years old. So if you sign him to one of those sort of Kendrick Nunn end-of-season deals, That's something like is. that, then That's you bring him into a development system. He could be a break glass in case of emergency option for this year. Wouldn't yep. play a lick for you in the playoffs unless there were some real bad injury concerns. And then next year, if he impresses the coaching staff, could fight for a roster spot in training camp. I think that when we're talking yep. about buyout options, I don't know that the Kevin Love guy exists. Maybe he does as we kind of get through some of these other options and, and maybe some other people shake loose here over the next yeah. few hours. But um, if you're looking at something that you can use the remaining money, the remaining roster spot and do something productive with that might be something there. And again, I, I like the idea of just having another point guard on the roster in case one of these other guys gets hurt, because right now I think the, I think the heat are being very vulnerable to an injury to one of their point guards. I think that could be a problem for them. So just to have a yeah. guy just in case, would be very valuable. All right. I have a few more names that I want to get to in terms of buyouts. We've got it. a bunch of questions here that we're going to get to. Again, we're going to close this out like we're ending the podcast, but we are not ending the podcast. We're doing this just for YouTube purposes. So we're going to shut it off here, roll our end credits, but stick with us right here on the same feed. And we're going to answer some of your questions after this. You've been listening to Locked on Heat. Thanks for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day.